Wisconsin versus Marquette tonight, 6 o'clock at the Pfizer Forum. Brad Davison with a comment saying, this rivalry is more for the fans, not so much as it is for the players, as uh, the rivalry more exists in the Big Ten play for Bucky. Here's his comments again. Yeah, I think there's something about the Big Ten rivalries is those games you're competing for a championship. You're competing in the Big Ten race. You're competing for a seed. You're competing for a Big Ten title. So that's not necessarily what the mindset is with this game. This is kind of an opportunity to get better and to measure up and to see where you're at with other teams across the country. Um, but especially this early in the year, it's an opportunity for us to be better than we were the day before. Uh, one more from Davison. Um, you know, I think that's the one thing that we've done really well at this year is just taking games one day at a time. Um, and so playing Marquette's no different. We just want to go out there and we want to be better than the Wisconsin team we were yesterday. And, you know, it does add a little more juice to it because we are in state. Um, so, you know, the fans get really wild up about it. But for us, it's another game. and We're going to go out there and execute um, and be better than we were yesterday. You believe him, RJ? More for the fans than it is for the players? Yeah. Yeah, same. Now, in your time with, uh, you know, Wisconsin Athletics, I know you're with the football team, but for the Badger basketball side, um, I'm sure, you you know, there's friends and you knew guys and you had classes with guys and maybe the football team guys talked about it. Did they even care about Marquette? It's just another game. Yeah. But um, who cares about it the most, the Marquette fans? Yeah, the Marquette fans do. It's It's the smallest segment of fans in the state. Yeah. I would think. Yeah, I think so. Um, and the best thing they they always say is, "Yeah, well, I went to a private school. <laughs> good, good for you." And I come back with, "Well, my education costs a lot less than yours." <laughs> yeah, and we're a, I went to a higher rated school. Then. Hey, I am better than you because my piece of paper costs more money. Yes. But, so. All right, congrats, dude. Yeah, and that and that's one of the. The the things of uh, people I know who went to Marquette, they always bring up. Yeah, well, I went to a private school. I'm like, great. I'd be nice, like, hey, nice brag. Congrats, um, congrats. I guess how's the how's the how's more student debt sound? Yeah, cool. All right, so <laughs> mandatory church classes. <laughs> yeah, a hard pass. All right, Rowdy. Uh, we have our guy Corey message in. What's up, Corey? Good morning, brother. Nice to hear from you. Uh, I was asking and tasking RJ with it, and you were thinking about it too, Rowdy. I'm thinking about it as well. You know, what's the superhero equivalent of the Badger basketball team? As we found out that, as Wisconsin fans that we are, Marquette is like Aquaman. You're like, eh, who cares? All right, so Corey messaged and he says, Wisconsin basketball is the equivalent of Batman as a superhero. He doesn't have superpowers, but just finds a way to get the job done. I like it. I dig it. Rowdy? Yeah, I told you I... I was trying to come up with who it was, and I, I came down to two. It was Batman or Spider-Man. Both, I came up with those two just because both of them have their own flaws. They're not Superman where they can fix every single thing. They can't fly, yeah. you know, the, reverse the axis of the spin of the earth and reverse time. Yeah, they were they were both just average people until, well, one got money and decided he wanted to be a vigilante, and well, the other one got bit by a spider. He already had the money. Yeah, he was born in the money. He was born in the generational wealth. He wasn't born in the dog. I was born in it, brother. <laughs> Molded by it. They need to see a body, brother. <laughs> what am, I kind of want to. Every time. I, I love that movie. I love Bane. Tom Hardy rules. Yeah. All right, RJ. You were, I tasked you. I think you kind of are the same line as Nelly a little bit, though, but you brought yeah. up another one. Uh, well, I brought up one. Solely because the original name was supposed to be Badger. Wolverine. Who? Uh, 
Wolverine's got that like blue collar mentality yeah. too. You know, he's uh, smaller in stature, but yet uh, can get loud at times. And just gets it and done. Gets F- it done. F's, F's stuff up. <laughs> um, and and you can kind of identify with him. He's like the struggle of him. He's the struggle of his life, you yeah. know. And even when he does do well, the the nut kicks come for him. Yeah. Because, like, every time something happens, it's like, oh, but your your clone was killed. <laughs> yeah. or There's always something with Wolverine. Something happens, and it's like, oh, that girl you like? She's now well, uh, she's with a that guy. villain. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah, Jean Grey to Dark Phoenix. Phoenix to, yeah. uh, oh, she's with Cyclops. Damn it! <laughs> Damn it! Some guy named Cyclops who can't even—he can't even open his eyes without killing someone. Unbelievable. Um, but so that goes with the the nut continuum there. Well, Wolverine ne- never can die, but everything through his life just always is like one blow after another. He's like, "Damn it!" Yep. Damn it! But then still finds ways to win. I like I liked it. I like the Batman. The only thing that the Batman thing doesn't drive with me is all the money. Because if it was money, then Wisconsin would be like, I don't know, like a Kentucky program or something. Or uh, who else would get busted, you know, throwing around a bunch of money? Arizona. Arizona. <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. I like the Batman equivalent. I like the Spider-Man equivalent. Uh, equivalent. I like the Wolverine equivalent. All right, more comments here from Brad Davison talking about Marquette. Um, as we have coined them Aquaman, it's, eh, who cares? Here's more from uh, Davison on Marquette. Looking different in the past, but still talented. Very talented team. Look a little different than last year. The absence of Marcus Howard and Zakarian at their guard spots. But very athletic. Love to get out in transition. Love to get easy buckets. Um, they play great defense. So really talented team. Well-coached team. You know, it's going to be a good competitive opportunity for us to get better. An opportunity for us to execute in a road game against a you know really talented team. Um, so it's going to be a tough one, but we're looking forward to it. Brad Davison, I think, attends night classes for how to talk to the media, which is t- uh, t- taught by Greg Gard. A lot of opportunities, a lot of you know, getting better every day, better be uh, better than the team you were the the night before. Yada yada yada. I like it. Uh, first road game, no, there's no fans in the stands at the Pfizer Forum. First road game. There's more for Brad Davison. We haven't had a road game experience yet. Going at Marquette, which is usually you know a really big game, sold out in the Pfizer. A couple of years ago, again, that we all look forward to. We'll definitely be different, um, but the job is still the same. You know, we got to manufacture our own energy. We got to try to come out faster than we did against Green Bay and just get better each day. Better with execution, but also <laughs> one of the challenges this year is just better with bringing our own energy. Okay, Greg Gard's got the better each day, and Paul Crit and and some opportunity. And Paul Chris has opportunity, and you appreciate that. Yep. Greg Gard better each day. Paul Chris appreciate it. There you go. I love it. Who is? I love it. Um, more from Davidson on uh, without a crowd to rely on. Definitely different. I think that's kind of the word of the year is different. Not going to say better or worse, um, but it's definitely been different. You know, I think as you when you think about a home game, you got a lot of people supporting you. Um, you know, when things might not be going well, you can get some extra juice or some extra support. Or when things are going really well, you really can kind of ride a momentum wave and get the crowd into it. Um, so we don't have that to rely on. All right, so tip off tonight. Rowdy, what's your expectation? Obviously, we're expecting the Badgers to win. Um, what do you think happens tonight? I think the Badgers look really good. I mean, this is the first real test that the Badgers have this season. It's it's not Eastern Illinois. It's not Arkansas Pine Bluff, and it's not <laughs> UW-Green Bay. It's a team that actually has some clout behind it. It's Marquette. Yeah. It's the Golden Eagles. Uh, there is still a little bit of a rivalry, but uh, this will be the first, I guess, measuring stick for this Badgers team that we – 
and the national media expect to be pretty good. I mean, they're ranked fourth in the country. Yeah, mm-hmm. Marquette's not a bad team, but they're nowhere near ranked fourth in the country. Yeah, RJ, yeah. what's your? Um, obviously, we expect to win, but what's? Uh, what do you think happens tonight at the Pfizer? Uh, you know, as of late, it's kind of gone. What, what was last year's game? They won well, seventy-seven won. to sixty-one. The Badgers did. Yeah, it's usually been a double-digit win either way, depending on who wins the game, if I'm remembering correctly. I can't remember a close game as of late. Because if you go two back years ago, that's when Brad Davison did the, yeah. the, nut, the nut punch. I don't think that one was close. No. Um, it was for, yeah, I think at the end, the uh, but, I'll, I'll pull it up. Yeah, I, I like Wisconsin in what I'm seeing. Uh, okay, so in that loss, when they lost, the Badgers lost 74 to 69. So I think that's the. Okay. Okay, here, let me write it all down for you. Last year, when Rowdy wasn't attended, 77 to 61, Wisconsin wins. 2018, Wisconsin loses 74 to 69. Nice, but not really. Uh, and then, let's see, Wisconsin in 2018. Lost eighty-two to sixty-three. Yeah, maybe that's not. Oh, that's 2017, 2017-2018 season, and then in 2016-2017, Wisconsin wins ninety-three to eighty-four. Damn, Badgers putting up ninety-three points. Hell yeah! But it's like the games. Aren't oh my really god, twenty fourteen, Wisconsin wins forty-nine to thirty-eight. Yeah, I remember. I remember that, that game now. I tried to block that out of my brain. Um, Jesus, but it, they're not really memorable games. Um, it's. I'll go with Wisconsin. Uh, Same. Well, I mean, the experience, Yeah. fourth in the country, you know, all that I mean, senior-laden class. Marquette is replacing a lot. They, oh, and yeah, we saw time. when they went up against their first test. Um, yeah, the in, Oklahoma State. The Oklahoma State. Them Cowboys. It, they they faltered. Um, yeah, that was at the Pfizer you, Forum. Yeah, you lose by eight. Uh, so, I mean, they're a good team, but... I don't, I don't think we see. Well, they, okay, they beat Arkansas like the Pine Bluff. Marquette. They beat Arkansas Pine Bluff ninety nine to fifty seven. They beat Eastern Illinois seventy five to fifty. Both teams, obviously, the Badgers played, and then they lost to uh, the Cowboys of Oklahoma State seventy to sixty two. Yeah, and I mean the wins against common opponents are pretty similar. Yeah. So it'll it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I put up a Twitter poll at Zone Madison. All I said was, "Do you consider Marquette a rival of Wisconsin basketball? Yes or no?" I'm not kind of surprised by the results right now. Uh, 56% say yes, I do consider Marquette a rival of Wisconsin basketball. Um, why? I would I would ask why. Is it just because it's Marquette fans like screaming your face for all, well, about a year round? Is that the only the thing, reason? Like, I, there's no Wisconsin guys really on our Marquette roster, is there? That's exactly what I was going to say. It's got to be more of a fan thing because it's obviously in the same state. You could potentially have friends that root for Marquette and then vice versa. Yeah. But it's not like it's really a player thing because they don't have a ton of players from Wisconsin. And to be completely honest, neither does Wisconsin. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're so more like not, Minnesota. In state, yeah. It's not in state Minnesota, players either. Illinois. Yeah, Minnesota and Illinois. Yeah. I mean, you got the, obviously, you know, Johnny and Jordan Davis, but yeah, there's. <laughs> okay. So I. I would love to know why. Like, why is it leading that, uh, yes, they are a rival? I mean, Wisconsin is the better of the programs. I know Marquette has had more recent success. Well, no, they haven't. Wisconsin's had the more success. One player from Marquette is from the state of Wisconsin. Who? Who is Michael it? Kennedy. 
sophomore from Mequon. Oh, man. Okay. Went yeah. to Homestead. There you go. Other than that, it's like, uh, I don't know. And then, so he's, he's probably rivals with, um, oh, blanking on the name that comes off the bench real, real late for Wisconsin. That's from Heartland. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> You're testing my recruiting knowledge now. Yeah. We'll get Can't the, even think of his name. We'll get the research department we'll on that. Research department's on it. All right. So <laughs> there's here's the bad news about Wisconsin basketball, though. Oh, not. Wisconsin's affected by it. It's more of a bad thing for because of who they have to play. So after a four and zero start, Louisville's basketball program has Parker Gilmore. Oh, there Gilmore, there you go. Louisville basketball has got to hit the pause indefinitely on their basketball program. And well, why? Well, I think we can take a, stab, a shot in the dark here, a stab. COVID nineteen. And the Big Ten ACC Challenge for Wisconsin basketball is that's the next game on the docket uh, Wednesday, next Wednesday, when Louisville was supposed to come to the Kohl Center. So Louisville's pausing all team activities indefinitely. Yeah? Yeah, I just hope that that uh, Louisville outbreak wasn't because they had uh, escorts to and from the gym. <laughs> they don't do that anymore. If they don't do that anymore, man. We got we got rid of the guys that were doing that, okay? We don't have escorts coming to hotel rooms to uh, have players come to our team or to make them feel better about losing games. That coach has now been fired. <laughs> How about that, though? Hey, he's still in the game. The college- no, no, no. I'm, I'm talking about the assistant coach who actually is the one who – Brokered all the deals. <laughs> okay, because the head coach was smart enough not to be on the wiretap. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Louisville, not on their escorts though, have said about COVID nineteen. "Quote: We are adhering to the ACC and all university protocols, and will monitor the matter day to day." The Cardinals have not determined yet, though, if their game against Wisconsin next Wednesday uh, will be impacted. I I hope not. Uh, according to the school, the program has been testing Tier 1 personnel three times per week, so that includes players, coaches, managers, and staff. The positive test came during the program's round of testing on Thursday. So Louisville isn't the only ACC program on pause, as Wake Forest announced uh, earlier this week that they had also paused activities. So I hope that it's not in danger, because I think that would be a good test for the Badgers, yeah. Louisville. I mean, get someone outside the state of Wisconsin that's not named you know, Eastern Illinois or Arkansas Pine Bluff. And let's see how they do against the ACC. That's that's a bummer. Yeah, Rowdy's like, did you see that? This, he asked me this morning. I'm like, no, I didn't. So, yeah, it broke around your bedtime around 8 o'clock. Oh, <laughs> oh he called, got him. called you old. Got him. Then I went back and looked, and it was like 10 o'clock. Yeah, I was, I oh, was you sawing. Were way out. I was sawing logs there, man. <laughs> I still had some time left. I, fall, I fell asleep watching my wife and I have been watching this thing on Netflix called uh, Virgin River. It is just this pure cheesy like soap opera. You didn't start Alien Planets or whatever? I did, but my wife was like, she nudged me. Yeah. I got the nudge, and she's like, can you leave your space crap out of here for a while? Can we talk? Wow. She's like, I, I like the Virgin River show. It's really cheesy. It sucks, but it's like so cheesy, it's funny. Oh. I fell asleep watching that last night, Rowdy, before 10 o'clock, so I did not see the news break <laughs> as a show called Virgin River. Uh, Put you to sleep. Serenaded me to sleep. <laughs> what a stupid show, but it's hilarious. All right, so, <laughs> um, um, yeah. Anyways, Virgin River. Okay, Superman's mom in uh, Smallville is one of the lead All right. actresses in it. Yeah, how about that? All right, six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy. Twitter zone, Madison. We're gonna get our sports director Zach Heilprin. He's gonna come on at nine o'clock. We're gonna talk Wisconsin football, Wisconsin basketball as well. Uh, but Wisconsin basketball. You know, tonight, 6 o'clock tip against the Marquette Golden Eagles. We are all expecting a, a victory. Rowdy took him in the action zone. 
You said, what, Badgers by 10? Yeah, I think they win by double digits. Then our guy Rob Reichel, who joined us yesterday to talk Packers. He Huge me- Marquette fan. He messaged us out of nowhere this morning and had some choice words <laughs> for the Marquette program. I, mean, I can't read them on air. But then he said, he said Badgers by 24. RJ, what are you thinking about? What I mean, what, Wisconsin's favored by what, Rowdy? Four and a half? Yeah. Four and a half. I, I'm for a double-digit win, but I haven't... <laughs> Not 24? I don't think I've seen enough from Wisconsin to say I can see a 20-plus point win. You don't think you've seen enough? Well, I guess the quality of opponent's been pretty low. Yeah, and I mean, outside of shooting the lights out, um, you really held a team to zero points for the first 10 minutes because they were shooting horribly. Not really because... Hey, that was stifling defense from Wisconsin. It was good defense. It wasn't stifling. It wasn't the reason they weren't making the shots. Um, But yeah, I mean, you still haven't really played a complete game yet. Stifling, and there have been surges of what looks to be the Green Bay game was the closest thing to the complete game we've had, minus the ten minutes to start. All the other games was the whole second half, just about. Closest we've gotten minus the, but this the is start. This is total Wisconsin basketball. Yes, play hey, Rowdy down, made this point. Play Make it down again. to your level of competition yep. for at least a certain amount of time—ten minutes, a half, whatever—and then you finally play a team that is quality, like Marquette, because they're a team that I wouldn't be surprised if at some point this season they're ranked in the top twenty-five. That wouldn't be surprising at all. Yeah, the Badgers to come out aggressive, shoot the ball well. And win by double digits. Now I'm not going to go as far as say 24, but I'm I'm cool <laughs> with like saying, I'm cool with saying 10. I could see 10. I could see and that like too. A, like a convincing 10, where you're like, man, they just went out there and physically dominated Marquette, and they cruised to a 10 point win. <laughs> Badgers by 24. Rob Reichel, my man. Hell yeah, I love it. <laughs> Put it on the book. Board. It. Yeah, that's that's Book confidence. It. I hope that happens, man. Rob might want to look at some alternate lines where you can get some really <laughs> nice value. <laughs> yeah, Badgers five four and a half right now. Um, let's see, you know, Bucky, you know, Bucky's gonna win this game. Marquette, Marquette, similar familiar opponents. Marquette beat Western Illinois more than the Badgers beat Western Illinois, and Marquette beat Arkansas Pine Bluff more than Wisconsin beat Arkansas Pine Bluff by. But whatever, Wisconsin <laughs> went and tuned up Green Bay. All right, so I looked at the uh, winning margin, so you can bet on winning margin. Yeah. And it's Wisconsin by 1 to 5, 6 to 10, or 11 plus. What's so 11 if, plus? So if uh, Rob wants to lay 11 plus, that's plus 230. Oh, Whoa, plus 230 well. for a guy, Robbie. Nelly, you got to get back on that text message chain and be like, yo, Rob, plus 230, <laughs> let's go, baby. Gonna raise a little hell with our guy, Ken Sterling. Ken, what's up, man? You kidding me? It's a big morning. It's a game weekend. Let's go. Woo! Let's come to Madison and kick the Badgers' ass. Whoa, 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 whoa. Ken, whoa. <laughs> hey, here's the thing, Ken. I would love to extend the invitation to you to come to Madison and we can party our asses off down on Regent Street. The only way Wisconsin knows how is every bar down there packed to the gills. But here's the thing. There's COVID-19. We can't do that, Kent. That's true. How's everything going down That's... in Indiana for you, my friend? Everything's good. These are these are weird times. We got the COVID. We got Indiana at 5-1. and one, <laughs> And people down here, they don't know whether to pay attention to basketball or pay attention to football. 
people are very confused in a way down here that they normally are not. <laughs> Ken, it's a confusing time, man. I just got flying by the seat of our pants up here. Ken, uh, it's nice to hear from you, man. We Last time we had you on, I think it was last year, and we were talking Bucky football, and we were talking about Jonathan Taylor, and you had glowing yeah. reviews about Jonathan Taylor. Before we get into, you know, what's happening tomorrow, uh, Camp Randall, you know, Indianapolis Colts down there in Indy, you know, you're down there. What's the vibe on Jonathan Taylor now that he's rocking, you know, the blue and white? Yeah, people love him as a kid, you know, as a human being and talking to the guy. He, he's been just unbelievable, uh, mature beyond his years. As a football player, he's figuring it out. And, and that rookie season for a running back can sometimes be a bit of a struggle. Hadn't really been a struggle. There have been moments where Jonathan Taylor looked like the guy who ran for over 6,000 yards up in Madison. And there have been times when he's kind of hunt, hunted and he's packed. And, and he's looked like a collegian t- trying to play in the NFL. But everybody here is really, really high on him, both as a kid and as a future player for the for the Colts. Yeah, how did it feel for you guys when the Colts beat the Packers? Uh, for me, I, I mean, I was like crying almost for the whole week because I thought they were going to tune up the Colts. How did it feel for you guys? You know, I, I wasn't terribly surprised. When, when that defense is healthy, they're really pretty good. And I, I, I thought that the way they kind of exposed the defense, I sort of expected. but uh, And they went undefeated against the NFC North, which is kind of an anomaly. But the uh, I, I, I was cool with it. And, and I thought that they, that was kind of what I looked at and what I thought was going to happen, despite the fact that Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback on the planet. And that includes Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Uh, Kent Sterling joining us right now. Follow him on Twitter at Kent Sterling. Kent, let's switch gears a little bit then. So Jonathan Taylor no longer with the Wisconsin Badgers. Now we have this new guy coming on scene, Jalen Berger. And there's Nakia Watson. And then you got, you know, uh, Groshek and et cetera, et cetera. But let's look at the, Mark, or the, I'm sorry, the Indiana side of the football here. Michael Penix Jr. is down uh, ACL. He's out for the year. I'm pretty sad about that because I wanted to see Indiana at full strength. What's the vibe on uh, Jack Tuttle? Well, nobody really knows what you're dealing with with Jack Tuttle. Jack Tuttle came in as a transfer. He was a highly recruited pro-style quarterback who stayed out west and then comes to Indiana, and and nobody really – because he came to Indiana while Indiana had both Penix and Peyton Ramsey. And so it was kind of like, what are you doing? Why do you want to sit for a while behind these guys who are underclassmen? Uh, But you know what? It's his team. Yeah. Now and and it's he's got a five and one team. He's got weapons like Ty Freifogel. He's got Stevie Scott, and so he and he's got an offensive line that was pretty good at protecting Michael Penix Jr. So we'll see what Tuttle's got. I mean, maybe he was he was somehow kind of a Nostradamus about Indiana football, where he realized that the program was getting good and he was going to have an opportunity. Here it is. Yeah, so uh, Ken Sterling joining us right now. If, if, if Tuttle can't get the ball to Freifogel, who is a, a, a beast, uh, are we yeah. as Wisconsin's defense, can they stop the run against Stevie Scott and company? Well, that's the deal. If, if you stop the run, you stop Indiana. Uh, Indiana has got to be able to run first. Even if they don't run for big yards, they've got to get it to third and four, third and two in order to be functional. And, and keep defenses honest so they can't sell out and, and you know, bracket a guy like Fry Fogel. Um, you know, we'll see. But on the, on the other side of the ball, Indiana really relies on its defense. Yeah. So whether Tuttle is the equivalent of Penix or not, this defense is really, really good at going and getting the ball. And, and that's kind of what Indiana relies on to give itself positive field position 
and kind of take the onus off the offense, which is a little bit challenging. Definitely. Ken, I was watching that Indiana-Ohio State game, and Indiana's defense was playing just out of their minds. Did it kind of just did it kind of hurt down deep down, you know, when uh, Indiana didn't come out victorious over the Buckeyes? Well, you kind of had an idea that something weird was going to have to happen for Indiana to get that opportunity to go down and tie that game, and something weird really didn't happen. And and so, it, I mean, it, Indiana hadn't beaten Ohio State, I think, in 32 years. So it's been a while, and people in Indiana are kind of conditioned to losing to Ohio State, but this is really their best opportunity to get it done in that 30-year span. And, and a team that was really, at that point, playing for a chance to go to Indianapolis, uh, uh, an opportunity that still exists, theoretically, if Ohio State, is, it, despite what Barry Alvarez says, I, I wish he'd just be quiet all of a sudden. But, uh, you know, one rule for the Big Ten, let's not have a separate rule for Ohio State yeah. to, where it concerns COVID and another rule for the other 13. Let's, let's not go there. Yeah, I want to ask you but, about uh, that. I was going to bring that up, too. Yeah. Uh, so Ken, I'm sorry to interrupt, but yeah, I want to reset you really quick. Uh, I'm on Ken's Twitter right now at Ken Sterling. You can check his website out too, KenSterling.com. Ken, I see your tweet, and it's essentially this right here. It's so the Big Ten should have rules that apply to 13 football programs and not to Ohio State. That's outrageous. Why have rules at all? Can you expand on that a little more? Yeah, well, I mean, if they're going to just throw the rules out the window in order to facilitate Ohio State coming to Indianapolis to play in the in the, the Big Ten Championship so it can qualify for the college football playoff or give itself a better resume for the college football playoff, I think that's, that is outrageous. And, and then why not extend it, and maybe this was his point, why not extend that to Wisconsin, who's only got one loss, and, and you see what, because, and, and there was that head-to-head, with Northwestern. So these are, these are kind of parallel scenarios, right? Indiana with one loss, although it's played more games. Wisconsin with one loss. And those losses being against the front runners in the divisions in the Big Ten. Maybe Barry wants Wisconsin to be seen as, if Northwestern loses, as a potential participant down here as well. I get that money's at stake mm. and that if you don't go to the college football playoff, it's going to cost the conference money. But this isn't, this isn't about money, and the Big Ten isn't a business. The Big Ten is a nonprofit collective of 14 universities, not just athletic programs. And for it to you know, bend over for Ohio State when it's not willing to do it for the other two member universities, I think it's just preposterous. Yeah, it's uh, it's th- this whole year has just been – I mean, we've talked about it a lot on our show of how the Big Ten totally, totally just <laughs> – pooched it, man. They did not do well when it comes to bringing the season back. They had it right when they had the bye weeks built in, and then they canceled it and came back with no bye weeks for everyone to be perfect in an imperfect world, especially in 2020. In our opinion, was asinine. What was the vibe for uh, Indiana football about that? Yeah, same same exact feeling that Kevin Warren completely uh, was derelict in his duty to lead that conference. I, I thought he bent to the wind yeah. uh, of the moment in canceling early. And it was unnecessary. He and the Pac-12 kind of, I think, thought that they were going to get out ahead of it and not look like followers when the ACC and the SEC and the Big 12 did the same thing. But then those conferences kind of screwed the pooch and and didn't make that decision, made the Big 10 look ridiculous, which it still looks ridiculous. (laughs) 
and and it would only look more ridiculous if it bent to the whim of Ohio State. Yeah, it's it's just the hypocrisy knows no bounds in the year of 2020, my friend. I think we're all seeing that more and more and more. <laughs> uh, Kent Sterling joining us right now. Kent, yeah, it's it's a crazy world, man. It's a crazy time. What do you think happens tomorrow at Camp Randall between the two teams? I think Indiana covers the 14, and I think they went outright. Uh, I'm not worried about Penix being hurt. I think that defense is terrific. You, we saw you guys know better than me that Mertz likes to throw it to the other guys. He threw it to Northwestern three times, and we'll see if Indiana can't pick him off a couple of times, get in positive field position, and go win that game at Camp Randall. Kent, there's just one thing, though. When the Badgers play Northwestern, especially at Ryan Field, it's like we, we've tried to figure it out. There's like ma- like the magnetic field. It's like the Bermuda Triangle, but over Evanston, <laughs> Illinois. Weird, stupid things happen, but only to the Badgers. Does Indiana have a team like that? Yeah, they've got Wisconsin. <laughs> you know, the, Indiana fans, uh, we don't remember all the beatdowns because we are the losingest program in the history of college football. But there was a, there was a Saturday, what was it, 10 years ago, 11 years ago, where Wisconsin ran up a point total in the 80s. Oh, 83 so to 17. And we're still smarting over that. 83 to oh. 17. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I'll say this, though, Kent. The first game that I was ever taken to as a kid by my father – it was a bad memory. It was the Antoine Randall beatdown of Wisconsin. Oh, dude. Wow. That nice. was when Indiana scored like 63 points. Uh, well, I, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, Ken. I, I mean, I know you're taking Indiana, but the homer that I am, I'm taking, uh, I'm taking Wisconsin here, my brother. Before I let you go, Kent, uh, we got Indiana basketball, Wisconsin basketball. Indiana not ranked, obviously. Wisconsin is. But Indiana, what are we thinking about? Are they going to be able to get up to compete with the Badgers for top of the Big Ten? You know, I, I don't think so. I think they're kind of a middle-tier team, and if you get out and pressure the basketball against Indiana, they kind of fold a little bit like they did against Texas. Indiana fans don't know what to think about this team because at the Maui Invitational, talk about weird, it was played Nashville, North Carolina, <laughs> you wind up with, with two games, one against Providence, one against Stanford, where Indiana looked really, really competent, looked really, really good, and then that game against Texas where they scored 44 they look terrible. They're a good defensive team offensively. They're going to struggle if you pressure the guards. Kent, um, you know, Wisconsin's going to be pretty hard to beat this year. I'd love to have you on when uh, Bucky takes on the Hoosiers, if you want to you know, grace your presence on these airways again, because we love your interviews here, man. Uh, we appreciate your time, Kent. If we want to follow along with everything you do, how can we do so? Yeah, it's at Kent Sterling on Twitter. You can subscribe to my YouTube channel, at uh, Kent Sterling. Uh, KentSterling.com. I write and post videos and audio all the time. So thanks for the plug. Hey, we love it, man. And Kent, I know we can't tailgate because of the the rona, the COVID down here. But hey, dude, if you want to come over, we can. St- I'll make you a bloody mary, man. We'll stand outside a camp, Randall. I'll bring a TV or something if you want to make the trek, brother. <laughs> I'm in. Let's go. All right, buddy. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> see ya. See ya. There yeah. he is, Kent Sterling. Good stuff. I stumbled upon this on um, the Four Letter Network. Flaws for 2020 Super Bowl favorites. Uh, talking about where the uh, the teams struggle. Uh, the Green Bay Packers sitting at eight and three, and they were talking about their playoff kryptonite. Their playoff kryptonite, according to the Four Letter Network, would be forcing takeaways. I uh, hard. I don't disagree. I do not disagree. At all. So on offense, though, Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers' company, they don't really turn the ball over. 
The Packers turned the ball over only 7% on 7% of their uh, possessions, which is third best in the league. Good news. Bad news, though, when it comes to takeaways on the other side of the ball, they have forced takeaways on only 10.6% of opposing possessions. That ranks 20th in the NFL, and that number was even worse over the first nine games when they only had seven takeaways, and then they forced five over the past two weeks because they came. three of them came courtesy of Mitchell Trubisky. Thanks, yeah. Mitch. Going into that game, it was a lot about how you know the defense wasn't forcing turnovers. Mitchell Trubisky is now starting. And after the game, what did you hear? You heard about, oh, Darnell Savage got his first pick and then a second pick of the season. Yeah. The Packers were finally able to get turnovers against an offense. And Well, it helps when Mitch Trubisky is playing quarterback and you're playing the Bears offense, who is statistically the second worst offense behind the New York Jets. You know, statistically not great. I'll tell you that much. And the Jets probably won't win a game this year. No, they're terrible. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky, please God, I hope they. I wish they would have picked up his uh, his option and signed him for a lifetime contract. Um, so when you look at the, I mean, three from Mitchell Trubisky. Um, but now you're going against the Carson Wentz, who's also turned the ball over quite a bit. Yeah, he so leads far the NFL year. interceptions, doesn't he? So Packers, uh, let's see here. If they could keep the turnover rate in shape, they're looking in. Uh, you know, would be looking good. Obviously, that's one thing. The Packers. When we've seen the Packers be opportunistic on defense, be ball hawking, get those turnovers, they've had a lot of success. Hell, that's part of the reason why they won the Super Bowl back in 2010, of how good that uh, defense was at taking the ball away. And then last year, the the defense for the Packers, very good at taking the ball away. Right now, I don't know, man. So Matt LaFleur, Green Bay is, check this out. Under Matt LaFleur, the Packers are 19-1 and when it wins or even ties the turnover battle, including 7-0, and this season, when it produces a negative turnover margin, four and six, and the Packers are one and three in those games this seasons, and uh, that one win was that two point victory against the Jaguars. So I think is that the recipe for success for the Packers? I mean, obviously that's a no brainer, right? Take the ball away from the team that way your offense and Aaron Rodgers can get it and score points. But is it really that simple? Or are we looking at that Packers defense being like, man, have you seen that run defense? Yeah, if you want to talk about keeping it simple, I think you can pretty much say that for every single NFL team, and the stats bear that out. If you win the turnover margin, mm-hmm. you're going the turnover difference. You're going to win the majority of games. Yes, and you could go back through and siphon through the information from all the games this year, last year, and probably the last twenty years, and I'll tell you the same thing. <laughs> if you don't turn the football over and you create turnovers, you will win the game. Seems pretty simple, right? Uh, so check this out. Um, but, yeah, but we talked about how the Packers—they don't really turn the football over. Well, look at what happened when they were up twenty-eight to what fourteen at halftime against the Colts. They turned it over. Was it three times in that football game? Yeah, wasn't good. It was a backbreaker, and obviously they still should have won that football game. And I think. one of those guys is now no longer on the team. Yeah, Darius, Darius Shepard. Welcome in, Tavon Austin. And that's just a game right there that comes to mind of. The Packers have been really good about protecting the football, but that was a game where they had three turnovers and it came back to bite them in the ass. So speaking of getting bit in the ass uh, and keeping it relative to the Packers face on Sunday, last season, week four, if you remember correctly, Rodgers was picked off at the goal line with about 20 seconds left to seal the game. Since then, because like that was one of the, that was like the one loss last year. We're like, what in the, what in the, what? 
You lost to the Eagles? Like, yeah, the Niners kicked your yeah, ass. Yeah, and it was on a short week uh-huh. when, if I remember correctly, the Packers were undefeated. Yeah. Well, the Niners, when you can explain away in the regular season and in the, in, in the postseason, they are just better than you. You got your ass beat down. Uh, and then when you go to that, was it the the Chargers? Chargers, yep. Yeah, it's like, okay, I guess California is your kryptonite this year because they beat your that ass That was their too. three losses. It was the And the Eagles, short, when you're like, how'd this happen? Yeah, the short week on a Thursday at Lambeau where the Eagles surprised them. Then it was the West Coast game against the Chargers mm-hmm. where they got completely destroyed. And then the West Coast game against San Francisco and then moved to the playoffs. West Coast game against San Francisco. Yeah, so last season when they lost to the Eagles, Rodgers, like I said, picked off in the goal line uh, near the end of the game. Since then, Rodgers has thrown, since that interception week four last year against the Eagles in the loss, Rodgers has thrown 53 touchdowns and only seven interceptions in 23 regular season games. Wow. Very impressive from Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and then we were talking about this a little bit ago. Like, Who's going to catch if Aaron Rodgers passes – Three, if he has three touchdown passes on Sunday, he'll have reached 400 for his career. They're like, who's going to catch it? I think we both agree it's going to be Devontae Adams. Watch it be like, watch it be Tavon Austin somehow, like in some like random play. Watch it be Mercedes Lewis. So many think Aaron Rodgers needs three more to reach 400. Only Drew Brees. Drew Brees currently owns the record for fastest for 400 touchdown passes. That's 205 games. Rodgers has only played, ready for this. Brees did it 400 and 205. Rodgers. Has played in 192. Yeah, if wow. you're if you're look, you talked about how Aaron Rodgers has basically went off since that Eagles game. Yeah, and if you look at how the two team and their trajectory have been since that game, the Eagles went nine and seven last year, and are currently in the NFC East. You don't need to tell anyone what their record is. You just say <laughs> they're East. in the NFC East, and, and go, people know they're terrible. Go, buzz your girlfriend, Wolf. The NFC East, yikes. The NFC East is the worst division in football. Obviously, the Eagles will come into this game at 3-7-1. and one. That's a far cry from 9-7 and seven last year. Yeah. And when you look at the Packers, the Packers are 8-3. and three. The Packers went 13-3 and three last year. You look at the remaining schedule for the Packers, you say, man, I, I don't see how they've, they can do much worse than either 13-3 and three or 12-4. and four. Mm-hmm. So they're relatively the same team, which we already knew that going in because there really wasn't any big differences in the roster, right? Yeah. Like the roster really didn't change. You had the, the draft. You, you had a few small signings here and there, but it wasn't anything major. And then the draft, which we had, Nick, we had a clip from Nick Wright. Nick Wright yesterday, We've yeah. talked about this all year. We've had callers call in pretty much all season since the draft and say, this, this Packers draft is probably getting the least amount of, of players or in playing time out of these guys they drafted. I mean, look at it. First round, he's Jordan Love's not even suiting up. Second round, A.J. Dillon, hardly gotten any carries, and he's been on the COVID list. Yep. Third round, Josiah DeGuara. Done. Done for the year with a season-ending leg sur- er, leg injury. D-U-N, done. He only played in, what, two, three games? Yep. You didn't have a fourth-round pick. Your fifth-round pick, Kamal Martin, he was out for a good chunk of the season. Now just starting to get back and play. Yeah, and then also he was a missed close time co- on the COVID list. High-risk, cl- high close-contact Rona. Your sixth-round picks were either cut or practice-squatted or are a special team player. Only John Runyon's the best. And then you have Runyon, who is the only legit guy in that draft that has really contributed much at all. And then you look at the seventh round, which was basically a special teamer. They they haven't gotten anything out of that that draft. But what I'm saying is there's pretty much the exact same team as last year. And they should have easily beaten the Eagles. They completely fell apart in the second half of that game and lost. No, no. 
now this year the Eagles are that much worse. I I think this is why you see the spread is between eight and nine and a half, depending on when you bet it this week. Yeah, we'll keep talking Packers, Packers Eagles. Packers roll. Packers roll, baby. Get your mother and roll on. We've got comments coming up here from Adrian Amos, Kenny Clark. We are talking a little bit about Aaron Rodgers and that offense. Three more passes till it reaches 400 for Aaron Charles Rodgers. But on the flip side, I don't think you're ever going to confuse Carson Wentz with uh, Aaron Rodgers. As Carson Wentz, I'm looking to hear a stat to know. Eagles quarterback Carson Wentz has an off-target rate of 23.3% this season, which ranks last in the NFL. The Eagles quarterback was ranked... 11th out of 32 quarterbacks in the category last season at 16.6. Wentz has definitely fallen off a lot this year. Uh, I know I give him a hard time. A lot of people give him a hard time. You're actually kind of uh, riding the Wentz wagon still. Wentz, a good serviceable quarterback, probably above serviceable, a good quarterback. Just the weapons around him and uh, his line and everything that uh, you would give to have a quarterback have success, Wentz really doesn't have. He does lead the league as well, though, in interceptions. If you saw some of his interceptions, you're like, dude, what the hell are you seeing on the field? Wentz still a good Wentz is a decent quarterback. I will give you that, Rowdy. No, Carson Wentz, I think it was 2017. It was the season where the Eagles won the Super Bowl, where they had a good offensive line, they had some weapons around him, and they had a good defense. Yeah. He was phenomenal. He was on his way to winning potentially the MVP award that year. And then and then that's when he went, I believe it was a back injury. And, and that's when Nick Foles came in. Swinging his big hog yep, everywhere. And obviously led the team to a Super Bowl win. Yeah. And then that's the most telling part about it. Who do you think's better? And everyone's like, Wentz. whoa, Nick Foles, Carson Wentz, blah, Wentz. blah, blah, back and forth. Every majority are like, well, you can't just not sign the guy that won the Super Bowl for you. Carson Wentz could have very well done the same thing. He was playing at such a high level. Well, they still decided to give Carson Wentz the extension. They didn't give Nick Foles the extension. No. They went with Carson Wentz for a reason because he's a better player. And then since then, the offensive line has been a mess. The defense wasn't as good as it's been and seriously has no weapons. Like we talked about his leading receiver is Travis Fulgham. Packers cut him. Who spent a week and a half on the Packers practice squad. (laughs) If you aren't making it on the Packers practice squad at receiver – how good are you? You're not. We well, I mean, about, the Packers think you're good. We've talked about it all year. Ted Thompson will probably give you an extension. We've talked somehow. about it all year. Well, when you have to ask Alan Lazard and MVS and all these guys to be number two receivers, especially MVS, yeah, you don't have you don't have a two or a three when you have well, these type of receivers. And then you have who caught the uh, hail mary? I know it was a meaningless hail mary unless you had a, a bet on the Seahawks to cover the spread and were just ripping your hair out Monday Night Football. Richard Rodgers was uh, the guy catching a hail mary from Carson Wentz. That's his other target, Dick Rodgers. Yeah, and he's been five years. Five years ago, yesterday is when the Motown Miracle happened. When Rodgers hit Rodgers in Detroit for the Motown Miracle. That was five years ago. Man, you have to really go back and think. But do you think Richard Rodgers was ever the number one tight end in Green Bay? Uh, he could have been for briefly because of injury, or if he was, we're like, man. <laughs> yeah, that's when you're always. <laughs> Can your Michael Finley come back? You're or always something? praying for a tight end. You could find a tight end. Yeah, he's been playing number two tight end for the <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles for most of this year because Dallas Goddard and um, Zach Ertz have both been out. Yeah, Ertz is back. I. Th- 
I think Ertz is back for this game, but still, I like, mean. Think about that. Yeah. If Richard Rodgers has been running, has been your most healthy tight end and has been your one-two tight end when you have guys like Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz and Travis Fulgham is your number one receiver when you have guys named Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, and Jalen Rager. And Alshon Jeffrey's been that hurt. That is brutal. Yeah, I'm still not. <laughs> and plus, your run game hasn't been that great. Uh, Miles Sanders also has been hurt and dinged up this year. Carson Wentz, I think he's just forcing it. I mean, he's trying well, to yeah, do some of his more interceptions are terrible. But yeah, to your point, I guess forcing it. I still am not a big believer in Carson Wentz, but um, you know, lead, leading the league right now in interceptions. But when you look at Carson Wentz, you look at the weapons around, you're like, man, I kind of, I kind of feel bad for you, dude. Uh, well, you could put Aaron Rodgers on this exact same team, and Aaron Rodgers even staying healthy if he stayed healthy because this line, Carson Wentz takes a beating. Every single game, I've watched some Eagle games this year. Yeah, he gets he gets Aaron Rodgers. If he finished the season, we would say, "Wow, that was his worst season ever." Yeah, like that's how bad it is. This might be worse than even some of those Packer rosters. Well, Nick Nick Foles, like I said earlier, off, off target rate for Foles twenty three point three percent. That's dead last in the NFL for quarterbacks. Here's more from Adrian Amos on facing a quarterback like Wentz, who leads the league in interceptions, uh, about facing a quarterback who's got a lot of turnovers. We have to be ball aware. We have to go in there with the intent to to take the ball away, just like each and every game. We have to find ways that we can get the ball that, that they may struggle with in certain areas. So, you know, it's on us to, you know, try to force takeaways. And then, you know, if, if some come to us, that we have to capitalize. But um, it has to be our mindset to, to go in there and force them. Packers not good at taking the ball away on the defensive but yeah, end. yeah, Carson Wentz is going to give them opportunities to totally. take the football away because he has to. And Adrian Amos says the Packers defense after that Mitchell Trubisky, you know, picking him off and, you know, tuning up the Bears, Amos says they're really rounding into shape. Just that, you know, everybody's getting a little bit more comfortable. Everybody's um, flying around a little bit faster. Everybody's a little bit more on page. And, and it's just building each and every week. We're correcting mistakes that we've made going into the next week every week you know what I'm saying we're, we're improving we're building it's just a great mindset all right so I'm in under the strong belief that the Packers are going to win this game I'm looking at uh ATS here for Packers are favored by what eight is it eight and a half still eight and a half points uh the Packers uh I'm sorry the Eagles are one in four ATS on the road this season uh a ton of money coming in line is currently eight and a half eight and a half okay cool um wh- what is it all right, worst case scenario, we thought the Packers would tune up the Jaguars, right? Uh, I hope, Sean, I hope you're listening when I said Jaguars. We hope the Packers, we thought they were going to tune them up. What do we think happens? Uh, worst case scenario, let's say the Eagles win. How do they do it? How do they do it? How would the Eagles win what, besides the Packers shooting themselves in the foot? Uh, well, obviously the defense playing extremely bad. Eagles having being able to get turnovers and Carson Wentz putting the team on his back. Which, I mean, hasn't really been able to do. I mean, NFC East, we're looking at yikes. Looking at the Eagles here. Eagles lose to the football team. What's up, our boys in Shano? Eagles lose to the football team to start the season. They lose to the Rams. They tied the Bungles, beat the Niners. Steelers beat them. Ravens beat them. Then they beat the Giants. Then they beat the Cowboys. Then the Giants say, we'll beat you. Then the Browns beat them. Then the Seahawks beat them Monday Night Football. So they've beaten Dallas? The Giants. The Giants. The should be one more. Yeah, what's the other one? They tied the Bengals. Tied the Bungles. And they beat Joe the Ni- they beat the Niners. And they beat the Niners when, when they were like everyone was extremely decimated. banged up. So they haven't beaten a team that has more than four wins and or is healthy. <laughs> yep. 
Oh, Eagles. I just don't see how the Packers don't score 30-some points. I, I mean, the Packers have been ripping off these high-scoring games and scoring 30-plus points in the majority of their football games. Yeah. Why would that be any different against the Eagles? It would have One. to be a, a turnover... Filled the, game. Yeah, the Packers. Are, the Packers are their own worst enemy. That's Carson the only way Wentz would have to play his best game of the season. Though I do still think, like we saw against the Seahawks, I wouldn't be surprised if the the Eagles and Carson Wentz score like 20, 21 points. Yeah, because the Eagles have no defense, and well, the Packers have no defense. So, but if you think about it, though, I mean, the Eagles, the Eagles had six points, no no points against the Seahawks in the first, six in the second, three in the third, and then eight. In the fourth, but that all comes out the final seconds with the Hail Mary and then the two-point conversion. See, if I'm if I'm a, looking at this as a fan, I know that Aaron Rodgers and the offense is going to get theirs against this Eagles team. Yeah. Now, hopefully they don't turn the football over, but I'm curious to see how the defense <laughs> does and how, what the Smith brothers and Rashawn Gary can do because this offensive line for the Eagles is beat up. Yeah, it's not good. Carson Wentz has been hit and sacked one of the most quarter the most by almost any quarterback in the league. If the Smith brothers and Gary can't get pressure on, on Carson Wentz, uh, there might be a bigger issue here. Cause this has to be a game where they get pressure on the quarterback. Oh yeah. This, I, this has got to be a huge game for the Smith brothers and uh, Rashawn Gary coming up. I mean, it's gotta be right uh, to your point. They're so banged up. Has to be, has to be, has to be our sports director. I just love you, man. And thanks for sharing your fountain of Wisconsin knowledge. I love you. Now you're making me kind of emotional here. I'm just tearing up a little bit here, Zach. Uh, hey, Zach, hey. what's going on, man? You're uh, you're so, sober, right? For now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my man, Zach Halpern, only drinking the water today. Uh, Zach, good morning. How is your Friday treating you so far? Great. Got, what do we got? Uh, Badger basketball tonight. Badger football tomorrow. Packer football on Sunday. So glorious three days, man. Man, I need a beer to cheers you just for that, but I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait on it, okay? All right, Zach, All right. so let's go in order. Friday, that's today. Tonight, the Wisconsin Badger basketball team, you know, goes to the Pfizer Forum to take on Marquette. And we were kind of talking about this a couple days ago. You know, is Marquette a true rival? Well, Brad Davison yesterday in his you know, uh, presser was said, nah, not really. It's more or less the Big Ten teams for me. Um, you know, looking at this game tonight against Marquette as Wisconsin's favored by four and a half, this is their biggest challenge the Wisconsin, for the Wisconsin Badgers, correct? Yeah, in the non-conference it is for sure. I, I, So you played those audios, right? Yes. Or no? Yes. Yeah, so I may have labeled them a little bit how I thought they uh, – <laughs> Well, yeah, we could read me. between the lines, Zach. We're intelligent. It, you know, what it sounded like to me um, – with with what he was saying, but yeah, I mean it's it's a big game because it's an in-state game, and and they are they are I guess technically rivals. Um, they've split the last ten matchups. It's a I mean it's a big game because there's no other real non-conference game you can point to, especially now that that Louisville game appears to be in jeopardy with um, mm. uh, having uh, a guy could test positive. The Louisville one of the Louisville players test positive, yeah. so you may not have that game next Wednesday. Um, you know this is an yeah this is an opportunity, even though Marquette's not a top twenty-five team. To get, a, I think, what will end up being a quality win in the non-conference. Zach, I like that you peppered in the word opportunity there because I could tell that you were watching the Brad because da- Brad Davison peppered it in, and I bet you you watched yourself some Paul Chris pressers who said opportunity a lot too. But Zach, let's talk about the opportunity tonight at the Pfizer, and we appreciate you coming on to talk about it. Uh, who- when it comes to looking at this Marquette, I mean, they've Rowdy and I've talked about it. They've lost the Housers, you know, they lost Howard. Who is who is the biggest threat uh, for the Badgers tonight on that Marquette roster? 
Yeah, the biggest threat is probably Dawson Garcia. He's an All-American, and uh, or I should say McDonald's All-American, and a uh, really, really talented player, 6'11 forward. He, he struggled in their loss to Oklahoma State. I think he went two for nine, or maybe a minute, two for 11. It wasn't good. Whatever it was, he, he really struggled, and they turned the ball over 24 times. But he's, he's their biggest threat. They have other really solid players. Kobe McEwen had a big game against Wisconsin last year. They have D.J. Carden off the bench. You know, there's a bunch of different guys, but I think it starts with with slowing Dawson Garcia because he is their best player. Yeah. Uh, okay. Gotcha. I was just you know tuning into Marquette. I'm like, man, I don't recognize a lot of these names just because I don't really right. like. I'm like Mark. We were talking earlier at the six o'clock hour, and I was saying Marquette's kind of like one of those teams. Like, I don't have any vitriol towards them. If they're on yeah. TV, maybe I'll have them on as background noise. So, and, right. then, and then Nelson's like, yeah, I was watching Aquaman the other day, and it was just like, eh. Like yeah, the, the Marquette's like Aquaman. No one really cares about him. It's just background noise. It's like, eh, who is the biggest rival for the Badgers? Because Brad Davis is talking about Big Ten play. Who is the Badgers' biggest rival then? Ew. Uh, right? It's hard. I, I think in their own mind, it's Michigan State, but I don't think Michigan State would consider Wisconsin the biggest rival. I don't know. Um, you know, said, it's, it's really. It's. I think Iowa is certainly up there. Yeah. Um, and and certainly this year. Illinois has been at times. There's been, a, I mean, it's it's kind of been a flow, you know, in terms of the last 20 years. It's kind of changed. It probably started Michigan State, then went to Illinois, um, you know, Iowa with with Fran McCaffrey. Like I think I think Minnesota, it goes all over the place. Does but, Minnesota creep in there? I don't think so. The, goal, I mean, I, the golfers they just haven't been very good, right? Like they haven't they haven't really challenged Wisconsin on a regular basis to to be that big of a rival. I mean, it's it's a border battle, I guess, in, in that sense, but I wouldn't put them up there next to a Michigan State or an Illinois or, or uh, an Iowa or anything like that. Hey, Wisconsin's got a lot of those Minnesota players on their roster, though, Zach. Don't forget. Did you know that Brad Davison played quarterback in Minnesota? I did. Did you know that Demetri Trice also played quarterback? Whoa. Whoa, dude. Whoa. Yeah. Well, how about this? Uh, I don't know if you've heard of this, but Jake Ferguson is Barry Alvarez's grandson, and he plays for the Wisconsin Badger football team. Did you know that? Look at you just dropping facts to me that I had no clue about. Yeah, I, I I know, dude. I woke up a little extra early today, did a little study, and, <laughs> and I got an extra pep in my step. Uh, Appreciate so, you. So, Zach, when we turned gears now to Wisconsin football, that's, I was, it was the transition, you know? It's like, yeah, it's like, you know, I'm trying to do this pro thing here. Uh, Zach, on Saturday when the Hoosiers come to town, Wisconsin's favorite, was it 14, Rowdy? 14 and a half? Yeah, 14, 14, 14 and a half. 14 points. You know, Graham Mertz back at it. Uh, I was listening to Joe Rudolph the other day, and he was saying that Graham Mertz is going to, you know, bounce back big time from that game against Northwestern. Do we think that Graham Mertz, you know, as he gets some players hopefully back in Pryor and Davis and Ferguson, um, is Graham Mertz going to be bouncing back against this Indiana defense that had, you know, Justin Fields a couple weeks ago intercept, intercepted him three times? Yeah, I'll get to that in a second. But I, I can never—I don't remember a Wisconsin team ever being a 14-point favorite over a top-10 team. I think I, I went back and tried to find somewhere. I think the closest I found was Nebraska in 2011 when they were ranked in the top 10. So was Wisconsin. They were favored by 10. But or I was just say what I said, 2011. Yeah, when they were favored by 10 in, in that game in Nebraska's first conference game. It's it's kind of insane, but it has a lot to do obviously with not having Michael Penix Jr. for Indiana, but Wisconsin's offense, yeah, I mean, I, I do expect Graham to bounce back. I think certainly it'll help that he's going to have Kendrick Pryor back and, and perhaps a more healthy Jake Ferguson, and then we'll see what happens with Danny Davis. But that off that defense for Indiana is, as, you know, as good as any in getting after the quarterback and taking the ball away. They lead the country in interceptions with 16. They have the most sacks in the Big Ten. So he's going to be, uh, I think he's, it, it's a big test. 
yeah. big test, and we'll, we'll see how much he has grown from that Northwestern game where he just you know didn't play well, and he admitted that his his footwork is off and his timing was off, and and those are not. I, I would say that those are easy fixes. It's not like he doesn't have the talent to make the changes, but uh, this will this is not exactly the the defense will be bouncing back against just because of how good they've been and, and taking the ball away from everybody they've played. Yeah, what do you expect now uh, with Jalen Berger? Because they're talking about Jalen Berger getting more opportunities to carry the feed ball, but it's, it's a crowded... Feed him. Feed the man. It's a crowded backfield, though, Zach. Do we, are we going to see more from Jalen Berger, you think? Well, look at, I mean, look at his success compared to everybody else's success. I mean, he's, he's averaging six yards a carry. He's got 15, I think he had 15 carries, 100 and what was it, uh, maybe 187 yards in these first two games that he's actually played. You get the ball, you get that man the ball. And I think Joe Rudolph has said that, you know, they were trying to work him up, get him built up a little bit more. And, uh, I, I think we do see a ton of him against Indiana. I, I think he'll end up getting the most carries once again. And I think he ends up topping 100 yards and, this may be the beginning of the Jalen Berger era at Wisconsin because he's just—he's clearly their best running back. And why would you continue to give other guys a ton of carries when when he is clearly what your future is, or what I should say, what your present is and what your future is? Yeah, I think that was pretty evident in Michigan that he was the at the Michigan game that he's definitely the best running back in that room. Yeah, he's a he's a baller, dude. As you said, Zach, I'll I'll, I'll parrot you. Feed him. <laughs> Yeah, and he was the only guy, and he is honestly the only guy that did anything against Northwestern too. I mean, he had 93 yards against Northwestern and, 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 with an offense that couldn't move the ball through the air. So Zach, I yeah, feel I mean, like he's a beast. Like us and all the fans, and now I guess the coaches, you can only take so many times of handing the ball off to a different running back and watching them run into the back of the line and fall down. <laughs> yes, I, yes. I mean, it, yeah. I, I think Nikia Watson's a nice back, but Jalen Berker's their best back. Yes, uh, Zach Halpern, our sports director, joining us right now. Zach, I did see this as well. Jack Cohen, after successful foot surgery, he's back and suiting up. If Graham mm-hmm. Mertz struggles, <laughs> if Graham Mertz struggles again, and then you throw on the fact what he did against the Wildcats in Northwestern, if he struggles again, uh, would there ever be a time when you would see, maybe against Indiana if Mertz is struggling so bad, that we'd see Cohen trot back out on the field? I think there's a possibility of it. I do. Um Look, Paul Chris has shown a willingness to use two quarterbacks in the past. He did it in 2016 with Bart Houston and Alex Hornibrook. And, you know, they, they were slightly different quarterbacks, obviously. I think uh, Bart had a little bit of the ability to, to run a little bit more um, than, than Alex did, certainly. Jack and Graham are very, very similar in terms of their their skill set and how they work. But, yeah, if he's struggling, he throws another two interceptions, I I could certainly see – um, Paul Chris changing it up. He he wants a, he wants God's going to take care of the ball, and Graham was just way too loose with it against uh, against Northwestern. And we know, as I said before, Indiana turns him over as well as anybody. Yeah. I, again, I don't think that's going to happen, but I think if if Graham does struggle, it's certainly a possibility. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen either. I mean, Northwestern is just one of those places you can't explain it. You know, it's like one of the, it's one of right. the the eighth wonders of the world down. This, this is the eighth wonder of the world. Like what? I, it's something that's so mysterious you can't explain it in Evanston. Um, Zach. Okay, so Jack Cohen, I know we were talking a little bit about this in your office yesterday, and I was like, "What is Cohen just now a witness to Mertz mania? What What's the future of Cohen? Do you think, in your opinion, is he going to stick with the team? Um, do you want to answer I, this I question? I know it's all conjecture. No, 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 no. I'm just I'm thinking about it. I, I don't think so. Like I think maybe he, maybe he sticks around for spring ball, but. 
who knows what spring ball looks like yeah. considering everything that's going on. So I don't know about that, but like, I think we all know that, that it's the Graham Mertz era is, is, uh, is here to stay. Like, I don't, even if he gets pulled tomorrow, I don't think it's going to be a situation where, Oh my gosh, he's never going to see the field again, or he's going to transfer or anything like that. This is, uh, I, I think this is Graham Mertz's team and Graham Mertz's program and they're going to roll with it. So I, I imagine Jack wants to play, and if it's not going to happen here, he'll go somewhere else. Interesting. Yeah, I'm very, um, very intriguing what's going to happen up here. Hopefully we get back to some sense of normalcy after this year, uh, but I, I kind of doubt it. All right, Zach Halpern, our sports director, joining us right now. You Zach, think, yeah? you, don't, you, don't think, you don't think football players are going to be at the top of the list for getting the vaccine? <laughs> uh, well, they were for the rapid testing in the Big Ten, so <laughs> I mean, who knows? 2020 is wild. 2021, I think, is just going to be more wild. Uh, Zach, yeah. though, what's, uh, so we did Friday, we did Saturday. Now let's turn our attention to Sunday, where the Packers welcoming the Philadelphia Eagles to town. What's your take on, uh, uh, on Carson Wentz? What did the poll end up showing yesterday? That um, the, I assume most people don't think he's a very good quarterback. The poll ended up going Carson Wentz, 69% nice. They know he's not. Yeah. <laughs> I would agree with that 69%. Uh, he, look, they, they have dealt with a lot of injuries, especially along the offensive line, and he's been uh, beat up. But he's a, he's a turnover waiting to happen. I think I saw like 49 turnover-worthy worthy plays since 2019, which is by far the most of any quarterback in uh, in football, so yeah, I, I would not be uh, I I would not be putting a lot of stock on on the Carson Wentz train, and I wonder if this is the end for him and Philly. You would you would think so, assuming they had another option there. But um, apparently, at three seven one, they're still very much in the picture to win. So the I am obviously a Carson Wentz defender, and I would just retort this question to you, saying, would you talk about Brett Favre like that? Imagine comparing <laughs> Brett Favre to Carson Wentz to Brett Favre. <laughs> Who by who by his third year as a starter was an MVP in the league, but yeah, hey, I don't, hey, I don't, know. Carson, I don't know if you want to. Hey, I don't know if you want to do that. If Carson Wentz didn't get hurt in seventeen, he probably has an MVP award. Guess what? He did get hurt, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, if my aunt had balls, she'd be my uncle Zach. Eh, <laughs> actually, we don't know about that. Twenty twenty. <coughs> Rowdy, sorry, I got some of the back of my throat here, Zach. All right, yeah, Zach. no, it's all good. It's all good. So yeah, um, I think he, he's actually like dying in here. Right, you know when you well, get that like hey. that like something stuck in the back of your throat? That's yeah. what I got. All right, Zach, before I let you go, brother, Aaron Rodgers, if he throws three more touchdown passes, gets to four hundred, who catches it? And will he do it on Sunday? Devontae Adams. I mean I forgot where he's <laughs> at. He's at he's, he needs three more. Oh yeah, it's happening on Sunday. Uh well actually, you know what? Philly's defense is better than I think maybe we give them credit for. They've I think uh, the record certainly would indicate that they're not a good team, but their defense, I think, is, is what, a top 10, maybe a top 10 unit. If it happens, it's going to be Devontae. I mean, there's, he's caught seemingly every other touchdown. Um, yeah, but, right. uh, yeah, De- De- Devontae or uh, Robert Tunyon. Or Tunyon? Okay, yeah. Zach. All right, I, I- – I think uh, I'm choking on a McRib here. I gotta, I gotta reset and come back. Zach, All right. thanks for your man. time. Packers win on Sunday, yay or nay? Yeah, my man. All three, right, wins, Zach. three wins this weekend. Three wins this weekend. Win, win, win. Three covers. Win, win, win. Zach, we love you here, brother. Oof. Don't know about that, but yeah, <laughs> sounds good, guys. All right, see you, homie. Our gambler to the stars, Raphael. Raph, what's up, brother? Not much. What's going on with you? Oh, uh, Raph, I just saw this. I know you're a Chicago Cubs fan, so I wanted to save this for you. I just saw that after, well, 16 years as a team's TV play-by-play man, Len Casper has decided to say, see ya! 
to the Chicago Cubs, and he's joining joining the Chicago White Sox. The hell, bro. He's doing what Steve Stone did. Steve Stone did the same thing. He was a Cub announcer, then he jumped ship and went to the White Sox. So I don't know. I mean, maybe that means Steve Stone got to do a play-by-play when the White Sox won the World Series. Maybe <laughs> Casper would do the same thing. I mean, we're in rebuild, so it's going to be a dumpster fire. We're going to be the punching bag of the NL Central. I'm just waiting. It's just going to be a long five to ten oh, years. From that me. makes me smile with my heart, Raphael. <laughs> I know, I know it. I know it does. Hey, Rafa, let me ask you, brother. When it comes to that uh, Mike Tyson uh, fight, uh, what was that last Saturday? How uh, how'd you do? How'd Vegas do? Uh, we lost on it. Uh, we lost on some of the prop bets. Uh, the only thing we, I think we did win was will Mike Tyson K uh, knock out? Uh, I think it was the only prop bet we actually uh, had a, a little bit of success. But it, it, we didn't mind losing because I thought it was very entertaining. I can't wait to uh, see another one. Uh, I thought Snoop Dogg was great. Uh, <laughs> I, no, I didn't care for the music uh, concert. Besides Snoop Dogg's, what, 10-minute concert before the main event. I thought that was really uh, funny. But I thought it was a success. I mean, I wasn't expecting HBO-type, pay-per-view-type boxing. I knew it was going to be celebrity entertainment. I was more shocked that Roy Jones and uh, Tyson didn't come out with headgear and bigger gloves. I mean, once I saw no headgear and the gloves were 12 ounces, not 15, which I thought they were going to be, right. I'm like, wow, this ain't an exhibition. This is uh, this is going to be some uh, heavy punches, and I can guarantee you Roy Jones had a little pinkish color in his urine <laughs> someday morning. Uh, Raphael, I hate the fact that I know who Jake Paul is, and i gotta descri- I got to like explain who Jake Paul is and why he's famous to people. I hate that I know that because the guy's such a smarmy douchebag. But he does sell you know, pay-per-views. He sells a lot of things and his knockout to Nate Robinson was the, the knocking out Nate Robinson was hilarious. Who do you think, uh, in your eyes for betting-wise, is going to be the next odds-on favorite to fight Jake Paul? Will it be a Conor McGregor or a Floyd Mayweather? No, I think it's going to be probably either like Dylan Donis, uh, the one he called out. I would not be shocked if it's him. Uh, it's going to be interesting because, like I said, he's a big draw. I mean, uh, you said it. Uh, he, people may not know him, but he brings a lot of people. Maybe KSI uh, is one, uh, maybe even Logan Paul. Uh, I, I don't think um, McGregor, because I think he's going to fight. I mean, he's fighting in UFC uh, in 2021, and if he does box, I think he does fight either Manny Pacquiao uh, and then maybe late in 2021 or 2022 we'll, we'll see McGregor do something like this. Uh, keep an eye out for my former Chicago Cubs, Kyle Farnsworth. He did a shout out to uh, to uh, Dylan, uh, to Jake Paul. Say, hey, I'll fight you. So I even made him nine to one. Uh, then wasn't that hockey player too? Say he wants to fight him as well. So yeah, yeah uh, Vegas, a Golden Knight goalie, Robin Lehner, uh, yeah. eleven to one. He, you can put, you can bet on him. All right, Raphael, let's bet on some NFL stuff. I saw this because I, lo- I love your emails that you send me. Well, uh, this one made me chuckle. Will Matt Nagy be head coach of the Chicago Bears week one of 2021? Yes is minus 200, no is plus 160. What are you thinking, my man? I think he's gone. I mean, I think the Bears are probably going to not a hit a complete reset just because I think that defense is going to be around for a couple, maybe two to three more years. I think offensive reset they're probably going to do. Uh, so it wouldn't shock me if that's – I mean, there's going to be some quarterbacks that's going to be out there looking uh, for jobs. I'm, I'm not going to say top-notch quarterbacks, but some quarterbacks out there. Maybe the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback might be uh, out there. Uh, so I, I think they fire a Nagy. I would not be shocked if he's uh, gone south. And I know I put a big smile on your face again. As I just no, I want him to be a lifetime – I want him to be a lifetime coach for the Bears. I think it would be perfect. And Mitchell Trubisky to never leave. 
Uh, that's just brutal. Uh, brutal, Rap, brutal, brutal, brutal. You brought up the Eagles, man, so let's do it. I see the Packers uh, are favored, what, 14 and a or yeah, no, eight and a half points, excuse me, over the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday. What do you see happening with the uh, Eagles coming to Titletown here? Well, I think we're going to see the same thing we saw when you guys played Jacksonville. Everyone's going to be teasing Green Bay. Everyone's going to be betting Green Bay. You know what? Green Bay gets a W, but I think they win by six points or less. So uh, it's it's just the way it is. I mean, you know, you're a big-time Packer fan. They're big favorites. They usually don't cover, but they win, which is, I mean, I know you Packer fans like to just get the W, but for us betting fans, uh, they don't get the ATS cover, but uh, at the same time, I think we'll be rooting against them because I know they're going to be heavy tease team and heavy parlay team. So I can see Green Bay winning by six. I got them winning twenty six to twenty. Man, I hope it's not a good Jags game, Raphael. I was like, uh, I, was, I was stressing, I was stressing, man. All right, uh, how about this one though? Because and we talked about Nagy. Uh, didn't really talk about the other team, the Lions, but they fired their head coach, Matt Patricia. Uh, Bears, Lions at Soldier Field, Chicago favored by three. It's just NFC North, you know. I'm looking at here. What do we? What do we see happening? I, I feel like the Lions could come in and, and steal this. I do too, and I'll probably be watching English Premier League soccer than this game because who wants to watch this game, Detroit and <laughs> Chicago? But I agree. I think the Lions can steal this one. And like I said, if you're a Bears fan and you want Nagy gone, you're going to be rooting for the Detroit Lions on this one because Patricia, a lot of people didn't like him in the locker room. So they might want to come out with a chip on their shoulder and say, hey, you know what? It wasn't us. It was maybe him or his play calling. Uh, I'll take the plus three because I want nothing to do with the Chicago Bears quarterback. Bring back Jim McMahon. I'm trying to bring back the word schlep, and that, I think that perfectly describes Matt Patricia. Schlep. So if you pr- uh, prep that into your I vocabulary. Think, schlep. I, I'll, I'll try to put that in there. I've been watching a lot of European TV, so I've been trying to get some European words in Ooh, there's a couple that we can't say in these airwaves. I, I get that's why, <laughs> that's why it was silent. Uh, Raphael, one more NFC North game here. Uh, I, you know, it's we brought up the Jags. Vikings are hosting Jacksonville as the Minnesota Vikings are favored by 10 points. Do you think, uh, you think Kirk Cousins and company covers this? Probably not because, I mean, they've won games that they, I was shocked that they won and they lost games, which I was totally blown away that they lost last week in, in general. Uh, they almost lost to Carolina. They, that game that they lost to the Cowboys is going to haunt them uh, if they want to maybe get a wild card spot. I think Minnesota wins, but here's another one. I think Jacksonville's been covering. They covered last Jeez. week against the Browns, which saved us. They covered against <coughs> you guys as Packers. They covered against Houston. They've covered three other last four. I think Jacksonville covers, but Minnesota wins. All right, Raphael, before I let you go, man, we always appreciate your time. We love you dropping your little knowledge on us, your gambling uh, nuggets. What's the game that Raphael is eyeing up? Uh, there's a lot of stuff I'm, I'm interested in. I'm going to put the Ohio State and Michigan State. Ohio State is probably going to try to score 100 points to see, <laughs> see if they can get two wins out of one game. Because let's face it, Michigan's going to probably blame Kobe why they're not going to play the end of the game to try to screw Ohio State. Uh, Ohio, I feel bad for Michigan State. I would not be shocked if they score three points or less, and it could be an ugly, ugly, ugly game. I think the Buckeyes... Oh, oh, put out the booty whipping on that one to try to get two wins in one game. That booty. Oh, oh, I almost forgot. I would be remiss if I didn't ask. Badgers, are they going to cover that 14.5 over Indiana? Yeah, with Indiana's quarterback out. Uh, he was he was their lightning rod in that offense. I mean, he did some amazing things, and they're going to miss him. I think Wisconsin wins by double. Raph, always a pleasure, my brother. Uh, any any fun stuff coming up this weekend, or is it all work? Uh-oh, she, I mean, it's, it's always all work. I mean, <laughs> I can't wait. It's always work. Work, work, work. Uh, did you watch the new Mandalorian episode yet? 
Uh, come on, really? Yes, of course I did. Well, I haven't. I haven't seen the one that just dropped like at midnight tonight. Um, out of ten, what would you believe, give it? I can't believe Luke Skywalker makes an appearance on the last episode. Oh wait, are you, just, are you kidding with me? I was like, I was like, <laughs> what, what, what? <laughs> Raph, enjoy your weekend, man, and find a little play, okay? Find a little play when you're working all the time, right, brother? An old fashioned on Saturday where I'm watching football. Brandy, old fashioned. Oh, yeah. you know what? I might do a bourbon. I've been in a bourbon kick because it's kind of a little bit chilly. I love it, man. Hey, we'll talk to you uh, next week, Raph. Always a pleasure, my man. Take it easy. I see you, buddy. There he is, Raphael. Follow him on Twitter, Raphael at VSI Doc Sports.